0: Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. My name's Chris. I'm one of the leaders here. Awesome to be back. I've been gone for a couple weeks. Was uh, preaching the gospel in Mexico and uh, was on an anniversary trip with my wife, which was really, really fun. Do you guys know my wife, Josie? She's right here. She's the most beautiful woman in the room, if you need to know where she is. We have lots of beautiful women here. If you're a single man, you're in the right place to find a godly woman. Yes, I don't mind talking about that because church is a really good place to find someone. People came here last night to try to find somebody. They came with the wrong agenda. We're converting the agenda of this commercial space. So it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm, I'm so honored to be with you guys uh, you guys, this this whole thing that we're getting to be a part of right now, this whole community, I mean, the reality is this is God's church, but this may very well be your family. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't my church. This isn't Jesse's church. This isn't Josie's church or Nicole's. This is God's church. Presence is God's church. But this may very well be your family. Um, but during worship today, I was just blown away, just feeling God's presence so strong in here and just encountering his face, his love. And just feeling just what he's doing here in Orange County and what we get to be a part of in this moment, it's the greatest time to be alive in all of human history right now. Some of you guys may not have heard me because you're not celebrating that point a lot. It's it's the greatest time to be alive right now. Um, God always saves the best for last, and I'm not saying that things are over or anything like that, but things get better because we go from glory to glory glory to glory um yeah just had an awesome couple weeks uh i'm gonna share just a few honestly like testimonies we've been going through our series kind of around the vision statement encountering god together we believe that face-to-face communion with god happens best in community (laughs) encountering god together uh, equipping powerful people, that should be the vision of every church, every community, uh, is that people would be equipped, that they would grow up into all things in Christ Jesus, and uh, transforming culture with the love of Jesus. If you want to know how we got that, we, we sat around on a yacht down in Newport Beach that uh, a family member has, and we were just like, well, Jesus, what do you want the vision to be? And it came out really quick, and we felt God's presence, and that was enough for us, you know, like, that works. Is that, that worked, right? Nicole couldn't even talk because she was just, she's like, I can't even talk right now. I feel the Holy Spirit so much. If Nicole gets quiet, it's probably the Holy Spirit because she is a preacher. Power God comes out of her. Did you guys like her message last week? It was awesome. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to share some stories, some testimonies with you guys, kind of around the theme of uh, powerful people and transforming culture. Uh, And then we're just going to honestly just uh, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to folks today. I really feel like the Holy Spirit really wants to touch people. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I long that I may come to you, that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you might be established, that we might be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I really believe Jesus is here today and he actually wants to impart to you guys something. I feel like in his presence, he actually wants to birth things. I feel like he wants to birth ministries today. He wants to birth supernatural occurrences. He wants to birth radical things. So yeah, I'm just going to tell a couple stories. These are not just my stories. They're our stories. Whenever you hear a testimony, recognize that God's actually saying something to you. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10 says, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is potential. It's God saying what I'm going to do and what I am doing in your life right now. So when you hear a testimony, it's literally God speaking to you about what he's going to do in and through you. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Uh, I was flying back. My wife and I were flying back from our little anniversary trip uh, yesterday and they, they canceled our flights, you know? So at two o'clock in the morning, we get the little automated phone call from the airline. They say, your flight has been canceled and you've been moved to Sunday, August, what's the day? the 14th? Yeah. August 14th. And they gave us this whole itinerary and I'm like, that's not gonna work. I'm supposed to share tomorrow and I can't just like spring it on somebody else. So I called the airline and I'm talking to this gal, Vakia. And I said, Vakia, I'm supposed to preach tomorrow morning to a church. I don't know if you can do anything to help me. And she says, the word of God needs to go forth. (laughs) It was awesome. So thank you, Vakia. We bless you. Just pray for her. We got to be back here. It was awesome. But it was cool because in the midst of all this uh, stuff, you know, canceled flights, all these different things, God just did stuff. Um, I ended up bumping into an internationally known prophet in the Phoenix airport, I, I was flying from Charlotte, he was flying to Charlotte. We started sitting around for a few minutes and he started prophesying over you guys. started telling me these different stories. And you, When you get around prophetic people, you gotta pay attention to the stories they're telling you. When you get around people in this community, just pay attention to the testimonies you're hearing. Uh, if you want your life to change, start telling testimonies. You can either focus on what's wrong in the world, what's not happening, what what isn't going right, or you can focus on what God is doing. God's doing radical things in our day and age, radical things. So that was awesome. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe you just need to bump in with a prophet sometimes. So that's why I'm sharing it with you. Um, it's awesome. I love that kind of stuff. You can't make that happen when you're in a tired daze, going from one flight to the next, and your head just randomly turns. You go, "That's Bobby Connor over there. I should go talk to him." It's awesome. God's so good. Oh, Jesus. Flip with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I'll probably, I might start in verse 1, and I might skip around a tiny bit to go through the mid part of the chapter, equipping powerful people. But also, I was just thinking about some of the stuff that happened in this past week in Mexico. I've been going to Mexico City now for eight years. I've been taking teams there. been there about 12 times. Sometimes we'll take teams, about 30 people. We'll go down there, watch radical stuff happen. I go there so I get transformed. They think I come there so that, you know, like all these great things happen, all these miracles go on, and Jesus does a bunch of stuff. I go there because it transforms me, because it teaches me what's gonna be normal very soon for church in America. You know, in Latin America, they have churches of 25,000 people, and they're all seeing miracles. I I asked the pastor of the church one time I was there. I said, how many home groups are in this church? You know, we've got three home groups right now. I said, how many home groups are in the church? He says, I don't know. He actually doesn't know because he doesn't actually care about the numbers. He just loves Jesus. He's he's one of my favorite guys. I call him on the phone, and he's just like praying. Every time I call him, he's just like this in his chair. He's like, Chris, the presence of Jesus is so wonderful. (laughs) That's good leadership, isn't it? If you want to go the right places, you got to go with people that are already there. I asked him one time, how many home groups are in the church? And he goes, he went and found out from one of his administrators. He says, there's 250, Chris, 250 home groups. I'm like, that's a lot of home groups. I come back the next year. I say, how many home groups in the church? He goes and asks somebody, 350. They grew by 100 home, group, home groups in one year. Do you know what they would do? The home groups get together. They'll get like three or four of them will get together, you know, 10 to 50 people in a home group. And they'll say, hey, let's just rent a bunch of chairs. Let's just set them up on the street or in the driveway. And let's just announce that we're going to have a healing crusade on Wednesday night. And they do. (laughs) And they get a little guitar out and they play and the neighborhood comes out and they feed them tacos and enchiladas and there's awesome stuff. you know, just feeding people. I I love Mexico City because it's not third world. It's kind of like LA, you know, people got their Lamborghinis and... It's nice, you know? Like, I had to drive through two security gates to go pray for someone one time. They're checking our trunk, making sure we're not kidnapping anybody, the whole deal. Like, it's, it's legit down there. Like, they have every strata of society, kind of like here. Um, they go out, they do healing crusades. People get saved. Every single service they have. Everyone that's a new person, they give them little red stickers. And it has a little heart. It says, Jesus loves you. At the end of the service... You do like an altar call and you're like, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want you to come to the front right now. And it's crazy because every single person with a heart sticker comes to the front. But they don't just come to the front like, you know, like, hey, I'm kind of reluctant to come up here. You know, my family member kicked me to get me out of the chair to make me come up here. No, they come up to the front weeping, encountering the face of Jesus. As soon as they come to the front, some of them, they start collapsing to the ground. They start going into encounters. You're carrying people out of the room speaking in tongues. Just the Holy Spirit just gets them right there. We don't even explain this stuff. You haven't even preached about this stuff. That would be revival. Uh, One of the meetings we had, there was a a girl, and I, I was just sharing, and Um, I said, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus before, and as soon as I said, I haven't even given an invitation, I haven't even done anything, she just shoots her hand up right back there, and she just gets up out of her seat and walks to the front weeping and just falls on her knees worshiping Jesus. I'm like, that's God. But see, that's supposed to be our normal. You see, God gets you around things to let you know where you're going. God shares testimonies with you to let you know where he's taking you. Uh, one of the times we were there, uh, gosh, I remember the first time we went, we were, we were ministering supernaturally, and we were just taking some risks. And I told my friends, I said, hey, God's really here, really powerfully. Just feel free. Just say whatever comes to your mind. I, 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 it'll probably be right. It takes risks sometimes when you're up there. And so my buddy goes to me, he says, I just heard this name in my mind, and it was the name Margarita. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, Margarita's a drink. And then he goes, yeah, I think it's, a, it's someone with a tailbone injury. Well, that was eight years ago. Marguerite is the lead intercessor in the church. She's on the front row. She stands up to her feet. She's healed of a long-term tailbone injury instantly as soon as she stood to her feet, weeping. Eight years later, she still has no problems with her tailbone. Isn't that awesome? Just God can do stuff like this. Do you know why God calls people out specifically? Because he loves them. Yeah. This trip that I was on... Um, there was a, uh, I was ministering, I did a youth conference, and there was a prophetic guy with me there. And he was radical. My buddy who's with me, he he called out my buddy's birth date. He goes August 11th. And then he goes, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, Barrett. That's my buddy's middle name. Like, no, he knows his middle name is Barrett. I didn't know his middle name was Barrett. God knows his middle name is Barrett. God spoke to him and confirmed so much radical stuff over his life. Why am I telling you these testimonies? Because God's gonna do it with you. I asked my friend, I said, dude, how did you start, like, how did you start flowing in this level of the supernatural? You know, like, like Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm gonna to get to Ephesians 4, just hold on. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, I don't want you guys to be ignorant. Concerning the supernatural, the Greek word there is pneumatikos, it literally means how the Holy Spirit operates, how he flows The supernatural is God's love in our midst. People say, you know, I don't don't really care about healing. I don't really care about signs and wonders. I don't really care about the prophetic. I just want to see God's face. Well, God makes this promise in Ezekiel 39, 29. He says, I will no longer hide my face from them, for I will have poured out my spirit in their midst. Wherever the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is, God's face is revealed. You've been in this room for a while, you've been coming to this community. Maybe you got a prophetic word from somebody sitting next to you. It impacted your life. We've had people they they, they share with us, but I've never done this before. And God spoke to me during the service and shared with me details about the person next to me. And they were crying. Stuff like that happens. Why does that happen? Because one it helps us feel known. Wherever you feel known and accepted, even in the midst of whatever darkness is going on in your life, you begin to feel innocent. And Jesus Christ shed his blood so that every soul would feel innocent again. It's impossible to have intimacy without innocence. Okay, maybe I'll stay off that one. I don't know, we'll see. Well, maybe we'll come back into that one. I don't know, we'll see where we're going. I asked this prophet down there, I said, How is it that you flow in all this stuff? He says, Well, I started seeing an increase as as I just started taking some risks. Um, he told me a story. This is a really heavy story. He's he's in uh in Brisbane. Uh or he's no he's in uh just north of Brisbane, the Sunshine Coast in Australia, a place I've been to a few times, and uh, he's supposed to speak in the morning, and he hears the Holy Spirit say to him at night, I want you to drive back to Brisbane, and I want you to go to this house. It's a house that he knows. It's a house of someone that he's known for a long time. I want you to go there, and he's sitting there in his head, and he's like, man, I don't want to drive two and a half hours right now. It's middle of the night. I'm supposed to be here in the morning. I'm supposed to preach. It's like 10 o'clock at night. i I don't want to do this, but he just, he just has this sense. I just, I need to do it. So he gets in the car, he drives down there. Well, he gets there, down to Brisbane. His, my friend's name is David. Maybe we'll have him come here sometime or something. I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> he gets down there. He's got to go to the bathroom really, really bad. So he runs into the house. He doesn't even knock on the door. He opens up the door, and as soon as he opens the door, there's a man hanging from the chandelier, choking on a rope taking his own life. Imagine if he had waited just a moment. Imagine if he had not. Imagine if he hadn't gone. Did he save him? Yes, he (laughs) saved him. He saved him, he was there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was choking, he hadn't already, he's not gone yet. Did he save him? He saved him, Jesse. He saved him. I was speaking there. Um, I was doing a conference on the Sunshine Coast of Australia, and somebody just sent me this testimony. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I, I think it's for somebody. Um, and during the, the preaching, I just stopped mid-sentence. I didn't feel like I was supposed to call people out or do any prophetic ministry. But I said, you know what? I'm supposed to do this right now. I I'm just gonna, I stopped mid-sentence and I stood this girl up. I stood her up, I said, you, God says you're gonna break depression off of people. God says that you're gonna go into hospital wards and you're gonna hug people and they're gonna be free from suicide. God's gonna use you as a weapon against suicide and depression. God is gonna use you to transform many people's lives that are dealing with emotional trauma. She'd come to that meeting that night. She was gonna go home and commit suicide. When she heard those words Every single thought left. Because God spoke to her through the area that was her weakness was going to become her greatest strength. It's interesting how God will sometimes speak to us when we feel weak and speak to us and call us strong. God spoke to Gideon in Judges chapter 6. He says to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a man of strength. Gideon argues with him. He says, man, I'm of the smallest tribe. I'm of Manasseh. The name Manasseh actually means to forget. That's what happens when you forget God's promises over your life, when you don't realize they're yes and amen. Gideon forgot. He forgot about all the promises. He forgot about his granddad's history, his great-granddad, his great-great-great-granddad, Joseph, who was raised up as a deliverer. He forgot all about all this stuff. So when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and spoke to him that he was a powerful person, equipping powerful people, he didn't believe it. But it's interesting how God stayed with him and revealed through supernatural means that he was truly there and he was truly with him. Zechariah 4.6 says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Judges 6.36, I believe it is, it says about Gideon, and the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. One translation actually says, and the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. How many of you realize if you've given your life to Jesus, that means you've given God permission to clothe himself with you? God had a dream. He wrapped skin around it. He called it Tony. God had a dream. He wrapped skin around it. He called it Jessica. But he didn't just want to leave you and I alone. He actually wants to clothe us with his presence and wear us as his own body. Ephesians chapter four. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking to the Ephesian church. The Ephesian church was 50,000 people strong. Did you know that? When he wrote this, it might have been a little smaller than that, but as his disciples continued to mentor the church, 50,000 believers in a city that was roughly about two or three times that size, I believe, That's a lot of people on fire for Jesus. That's a lot of transformation that can happen through a lot of people. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, he's writing from prison, that you walk worthy of the vocation, the ministry wherewith you are called. It's interesting because he's writing to everybody and saying that they're in ministry. If you're breathing and you've given your life to Jesus, you are in ministry. Why? Because you're a servant. And that's the only word, that's what it means. It means servant. You are a servant. Say, I'm a servant. servant. So serve like a king. With all lowliness and meekness, with sung suffering, forbearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the bond of peace, the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are all called in one hope of your calling. What does that mean? That means that... uh, there might be many buildings that people are meeting in right now on Sunday morning in Orange County worshiping Jesus, but we're one body. We're one church. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. That's a good promise right there. God the Father is in you all. Don't argue with me. It's the Bible. But to every one of us Grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. How big was the gift of Christ? It's pretty infinite, wasn't it? That's a lot of grace. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. He descended down to the lower parts of the earth. He also ascended far above all things. Verse 11, he gave some as apostles or sent ones or missionaries or whatever you want to call it, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. That's you. That's me. God gives supernatural gifts in people's lives to build us up, each of us. We actually all need each other. We can't do this without you. Actually, I'll put it this way. God doesn't want to do it without you. We'll do it regardless, but (laughs) it's way more fun with you. For the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. The Apostle Paul, he's writing this. He says, these gifts are given, those ministries are given for the perfecting of the saints, Some people think, oh, well, this ministry disappeared. There's no prophetic people anymore. There's no missionary people anymore. You know, it's just the pastor and the teacher and the evangelist. Well, that can't be true because we're not perfect yet. That was just for a couple people, not for Jesse. (laughs) Till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, no longer tossed to and fro by... Goofy doctrines, cunning sleight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive but tr- speaking the truth in love we grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Say I'm a joint. Not that kind of joint, the, the, the body joint. according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The supernatural is God's love gift to the world. If you believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, then you already believe some pretty radical stuff. I was in the airport yesterday and I bumped into, I love this, I'm, I'm sitting with a guy and we bumped into him and he starts talking to us and he says he's from Anaheim and all of a sudden I start thinking, I'm like, we're in Phoenix and he's flying somewhere else. I start thinking about the Anaheim Vineyard and I'm like, that's really interesting, Anaheim. All of a sudden he starts saying, man, I, my dad was actually a pastor, I'm a pastor's kid, but I don't really believe in any of that stuff anymore. I start telling him all these miracle stories and as I'm sharing all these miracle stories with him, he says, yeah, I don't really believe in any of that stuff. I said, well, do you believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead? He says, I don't really know. I said, well, man, if he didn't raise from the dead, I have no idea who's doing all this stuff because I can't do it. (laughs) It amazed me that someone could grow up around church culture and never see the supernatural for themselves when the supernatural is God's love gift to us all. When Jesus Christ walked the earth, it says he healed everyone who came to him. Didn't say he, he told people, hey, blind Bartimaeus, come back tomorrow. You know, maybe there's an anointing for blind people tomorrow. Ah, oh, sorry, I was doing the blind thing yesterday, but not today. <laughs> now, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then what makes him any different? in our midst, simply what we believe. What would happen if we as a community begin to accept, embrace, and celebrate the supernatural of God in our midst? Christine already preached about multiplication. But if we began to celebrate and give thanks for what he was already doing, what would start to happen in our midst? What would start to happen in churches all over Orange County? I was ministering one time in, a, uh, in these extended meetings in, in America, and seeing radical miracles. Churches all throughout the region started calling where we were ministering and saying, hey, there's all this really crazy stuff happening. Like in our kids' church, the kids are going into visions of Jesus, and we're not teaching them any of this stuff. We don't even know what's going on. But people said it's going on with you guys, so we figured we call you and ask you what, what's happening what would happen if a group of people started to embrace the momentum of heaven? You know, if Jesus Christ raised from the dead, that means anything really is possible. And if you believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, that he is alive, then it's really easy to believe in miracles. I'm, I'm astounded when I talk to people that have a hard time with miracles, signs and wonders, the supernatural today, but they still say they're Christians. How is that even possible? You believe that... 2,000 years ago, a man, who was not merely a man, but God in the flesh, took upon himself your sins, became your sin, was crucified by his own people, by people like you and me. Rejected, despised, broken, pierced through for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, chastised for our peace upon him. By his stripes, we get to be made whole. Buried in the grave and then resurrected three days later and floated up to heaven 40 days after that floated, like, like lifted up off the ground and flew up in the sky. Supernatural events. Supernatural things. God does it. Why? Because he wants to show people how real he really is. The answer to Orange County's problems is Jesus. And Jesus is a supernatural God. I remember uh, one of the times we were there in Mexico City. I'm almost done. One of the times we were there in Mexico City, we were preaching and uh, one of the nights we had a bunch of like new age warlock witchy people show up. Say warlock witchy people. I just made that up. Uh, They showed up to the meeting that we were doing and they came up to our team and they said, we don't know why, but for the past week, none of our powers are working. And we figured out that you've been here a week and we need you to explain to us what is happening. And we said, we can explain to you what's happening. You've been partnering with devils, and they're not fun. Jesus is fun. <laughs> Saw about 50 people get radically delivered. Just awesome stuff. I, I, I won't, I'll spare you the details. <laughs> Jordan's like, don't spare the details. Supernatural events. We were there one time, and we went to uh, this dark place. You know, there's no such thing as a dark place when you show up. Say, I'm the, light of the world. I'm the light of the world. We went up to uh, the, the pyramids there in the Aztec pyramids, you know, and they did human sacrifice there for hundreds of years. People go up there, they hold these little crystals in the air, and they're like, man, if I could just tap into the power of sacrifice, you know, tap into the power of the sun, I'll get some spiritual energy, you know. People are hungry for power. There's so many different ways people try to get it, whether through money, whether through fame. I'm gonna, this is a little side note. We in America worship fame. We think if we're famous, we'll be effective. We think if we're famous, then we'll, be, we'll feel really good inside. It does nothing. The longing of your heart is to be known. And that only happens from the blood of Jesus, when you see your eternal value in the sight of God and sight of man. I don't know, that was for somebody over there. I don't know who. <laughs> Not over here. No, that wouldn't be for anybody over here. <laughs> We went there to the the, uh, Aztec pyramids, and we're just like, you know what? We just need to open air preach on top of the pyramid. Let's just open air preach. Let's just talk about Jesus. So we get the translator, and we're like, God's kingdom is here. God's presence is here. It's biblical. His kingdom's at hand. How far away is your hand from you? Not very far. It's attached. (laughs) Say, his kingdom's at hand. His His kingdom, not yours. (laughs) Start preaching. All kinds of stuff happens. We had tumors disappearing on top of the pyramid. There was a woman with breast cancer. Her tumors disappeared out of her breast. She couldn't find them anymore. There's this family. I, I, we we pointed at one person. We said, "You've been having a constant migraine for four days, and it's leaving right now in Jesus' name." And it, instantly, her migraine just left. We're doing a miracle service on top of the pyramid. It was great. Awesome. It was awesome. It was hot, but it was awesome. <laughs> she came up to us later. She said, "How do you know these things?" said, so because Jesus knows everything about you and he's loved you from the moment he formed you in your mother's womb. Her and her whole family, six people, radically gave their lives to Jesus. You know what actually happened after that? They actually, this is kind of weird, I don't want to share this, but you guys are family. They actually got covered in gold. Physically, like, like, like sparkles and gold started to appear all over their hands and their arms and their faces. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Now, why would God do something like that? Well, you're going to feel pretty special if you get covered in gold, aren't you? You're going to feel like, wow, this is, I, I didn't put any glitter on this morning when I left the house. Wow, I'm a guy. I don't wear glittery makeup. Wow, where did this glitter come from? Wow, I just met Jesus. I just received him as my Lord and Savior. I accepted his sacrifice in my place on the cross and recognized that he was, rose from the dead, and I declare my Lord and my Savior. And then he covers me in gold. If God could cover me in gold, he could do anything. If God could give me a miracle, if God could make my migraine disappear, he can take care of the problems in my bank account. This is why this stuff is so important, and this is why we get to celebrate it. Not because God is somewhere up in heaven throwing down lightning bolts like Zeus trying to do miracles, but because Jesus Christ actually lives and moves and breathes among us, and he actually does the miraculous in our midst. All right, I'm going to uh, kind of switch gears now. Um, just feel like we're going to, I just want to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to people. Um, just just in some different ways, uh, whether that's miraculously with healing or uh, also with uh, just, just really impacting people, imparting to people his presence in a powerful way. Um, I'm just gonna take a minute and just kind of pray. Uh, during this time, you don't have to make anything happen. Um, I'm not making anything happen. I don't do this stuff. God does. You know, the power of God is not about God's anointed man or woman. It's about him. Trust me, I brushed my teeth this morning. I'm a person just like everyone else. So is Jesse, so is Jessica. We're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to move, um, but why don't we just, just bow your head for a little bit. We're just gonna pray for a little bit um, and just kinda kind of call some stuff out. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. God, we thank you that you're building the church. God, you're not just building the church through people with microphones, people in the front. You're building the church through all people, all of your people, God, that you've stirred up gifts in our midst. God, there's people here and maybe they've never moved in the supernatural before. Well, tonight, today is about equipping powerful people. God, you're powerful and you equip. You are the equipper, Jesus. You equipped people regardless of uh, their character. <laughs> It's true. Some people think that you know you got to like get everything in a row for God to move supernaturally. That's totally not true. If you believe that, you're going to be totally offended by the church because God's going to use people that totally offend you. And if God could anoint Judas, he can anoint you. Uh, one miniature story because I feel led to share it and we're going to go in. Um, one of the times we were there in Mexico... This man came up to me on the street. He says, You must come to the hospital. You gotta pray for my wife. And I said, I can't, I gotta go on this bus. He says, You must come. She's really sick. I said, I can't. This this idea popped into my head. Why don't you pray for his hat? Can I borrow your hat? Why don't you pray for his hat? So we prayed for his hat. A group of us, we just prayed for the hat. Not just me, a group. As we're praying for the hat, he began to shake and tremble. He's not a Christian, he's on the street. He doesn't believe in this stuff, but he's starting to shake and tremble on the street like this because he feels God's power. I said, take the hat to the hospital, lay it on your wife, and say, be healed in Jesus' name. I don't see from them. Four days later, I'm two hours away. I'm in church speaking, a thousand people there. Pastor comes up and says, hey, there's someone here that wants to see you. They bring me eight people. One of them's a man. His wife gets up and shares the testimony. Her name's Pilar. She says, My husband took the hat that you guys prayed over and laid it on me in the hospital. I felt this energy surge through my body. I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. They were going to remove my uterus that week. I was partially paralyzed on my left side because of another condition. Everything left. The doctors did tests on me. They said it's been a miracle. They actually testified it is a miracle of God. If God could anoint a hat, he can anoint you and me. If God could anoint a hat, he could anoint you and me. Pilar joined our ministry team that morning. She actually felt the power of God. She was moving. She actually called out a word of knowledge. She says, I feel like God wants to make cancerous tumors disappear out of women, especially in their breasts. Eight women stood up. All eight of them could no longer find sister tumors. Pilar's just given her life to Jesus. She doesn't have all her ducks in a row. She doesn't know how all this stuff works. But if God can anoint a hat, he can anoint you and me. Stand to your feet. We'll just just, kind of shift gears here. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you've been doing in the service. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your presence, Lord. (laughs) This community is called presence because that's what we want. We want you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for moving right now in our midst, in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, Tanya had a had a word. You had a word of knowledge. When you come on up, um, when you guys sit again for me, real quick. <laughs> Sorry.
1: This morning, I was listening to a worship song, and I just saw a picture of light—God's healing light and power—going into people's thighs and breaking things up. I don't know medically what it is, but I feel like He's going to do some healing through that. If that makes
0: if that makes sense to you, could you put your hand up? Thank you, daughter. You, you actually need more than one thing today. God's gonna do many things for you right now during this time. Who, who is the other person? You got there, 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 there. One of you guys, could you guys just stand to your feet for me real quick? Those of you that are around them, I'm gonna empower you right now. The kingdom of God's at hand. Only you stretch your hand towards them. If you're right next to them, maybe put your hand on their upper back or somewhere safe. Uh, not on their leg, because maybe they don't want that, but just on their upper back or something <laughs> like that. Don't pray just yet. Wait for my instructions. It's not the length of your prayers that heals the sick. It's the faith of Jesus Christ, and his faith is invincible. Jesus said, speak to the mountain and we'll move. If you say, mountain, be thrown into the sea, it goes there. I want you to command the issue in their life right now. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to yell. Just say, I command this problem to leave in Jesus' name. Go ahead and pray. All right, go ahead and stop praying. I want them to check. Go ahead and begin to check it out. Move, do something you couldn't do before. Bend, do something you couldn't do before. Um, and if you've been healed, I want you to wave over your head once you, you know. You're like, wow, that's crazy. The pain there, that problem there is gone. I just want you to wave. You waving? Um, no, yeah, you. night. Uh, okay. I wrote down in my phone before the service stuff about veins being healed. So I just bless that in Jesus' name. Yeah, we just bless that in Jesus' name. We just bless that in Jesus' name. Could you, this is crazy. Could you do me a favor? Could you take a friend, go in the bathroom, and look? Because these things can disappear instantly. Just go for me. This is really cool. This is awesome. Yeah, anyone else you know, like something's different, you felt God's power go into your body, the pain left, something like that, just wave. I just want to see. You're like, there's something already testable different. It's cool. Mind you, the miracle's not dependent on you, it's dependent on him. You already stood, that means you have enough faith. Some people are like, oh, I didn't get healed because I didn't have enough faith. No, don't go that route because you're just going to question your entire life. I never have enough faith. Trust me, if it was about your faith, then Jesus couldn't have come anyway. Faith helps, but God imparts it through miracles. He actually builds your faith as you see stuff happen. Yeah, God, we just thank you for what you're doing with these people. We just command all the afflictions to leave in Jesus' name. I shared multiple stories about tumors and cysts today. If you have any type of growth in your body that should not be there, maybe you have a, a tumor or cyst, uh, a benign cyst or cancers, anything like that. Could you just raise your hand for me? We're not going to ask you where it is, things like that, but we're just going to. Awesome, could you guys stand to your feet? We're gonna pray for you right now because this is very testable. They're gonna pray for a few other things too. Just gather around them. Um, If you're receiving prayer, do not pray. Why? Because you can't drink a glass of water and talk at the same time. Stretch your hand towards them. Uh, Just last week, there was a woman in one of the meetings and a, a growth about this big disappeared off her back. So God, we just thank you that you're doing that right now with people here. Jesus, we just thank you. We bless people right now. We command cancer to die. We command benign tumors to disappear and cancerous tumors to disappear. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Do me a favor. Go ahead and check them out right now. Someone you have it. Someone has something going on in their throat area. It's down here. The Lord's healing you right now. You have your thyroid. Yeah. What's different right now? Check them. Can you feel them right now? You can't feel them right now. Yeah, yeah. Can you normally feel them? Yeah, okay, a little bit, but you can't right now. Okay, well, we'll come back. We'll check with you. Go to the doctor, get it checked out. Okay. Who else? You're like, already you can notice something. I just want you to wave at me. I just want to see. Something happened for you, daughter? Could you come up to the front? I just want to hear. This is awesome. Could I, um, stand by her? Yeah, just come Oh, hun, God did something for you. I could feel it.
1: What's your name? Brianna. What
0: did Jesus? What was
1: going on with you? Um, I had a huge nodule in my ring finger, and and had like just some issues going on there, and it would get larger and then go away, and then it got larger and it came up the other day about a couple of weeks ago, and I told my husband, "Fill this." It's like back, and it was so big, and just having some joint problems in my fingers, and we have history of rheumatoid arthritis in my family so i'm just praying to god what's going on here and it's a it is a lot better it's like the nodule is totally it was like a huge bump in my finger and it's t- really flat right now
0: that's amazing <laughs> do me a favor if you have any type of uh arthritic d- a diagnosis stand to your feet right now could you stay i'm gonna have you pray God's going to heal people when you pray for them. Um, could you stand your for Any type of arthritic diagnosis, maybe rheumatism, things like that. I've uh, seen this healed hundreds and hundreds of times. Any type, If there's anyone else, too, you want to jump in on this? Arthritic condition, rheumatism, anything like that. Was, uh, all right, well, God can heal you if you're in your seat, but it's better when you stand, so I won't, I won't push it. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have you just stretch your hands towards them and just just say, in Jesus' name, and I release healing.
1: Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I release your healing from heaven to these people right now. In Jesus' name, from the t- top of their head to the bottom of their toes, they just feel your, your peace and your healing go about them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could you
0: do me a favor if you're standing? Just begin to check right now. Begin to check. Something, something's going on in the hands. I could... Open and close them. What's going on? This is audience participation, if you can tell. <laughs> can you tell something different right now? You have more flexibility in your right hand. That's awesome. Could you go back and keep praying for him? Thank you, Father. Give Jesus a shout. Um, this is fun. You know, you know, people can preach sermons and do different things, like that, but, but they, they can't heal people. Only God can. Yeah. Um, I want to pray. uh, I feel like the Lord wants to impart to people. I feel like he wants to activate people today. Like we've been watching the, like, you know, healings happen and things like that are happening. More is happening than we're even calling out. More is happening than we're even highlighting right now. But um, I want you, if you've been feeling waves of God's presence go over you like this, and your hands are burning right now, I want you to stand to your feet. I just want to pray for you because I could just feel the the Holy Spirit moving. Just go ahead, stand to your feet. Be bold if that makes sense to you. You're feeling waves of God's presence wash over you. There's more people. There's more people. There's more people. There's more people. You're feeling waves of God's presence wash over you. Your hands are burning Um, just while we've been moving and healing. uh, There's more people. There's more people. There's more people. Thank you. There's more people. There's like two more people. Um, If you just stand up, I just want you to jump up for me. One more thank you Father, awesome, thank you, Um, yeah, if you're around them, I want you to stretch your hand towards them, I just feel like God's doing something of increase with them today, you know, like, the Bible says uh, he makes his angels winds and his ministers, his servants a flame of fire, so sometimes there's, you know, supernatural, God's presence is here, and angelic presence is here, things like that. And uh, God's just marking people today, touching people, taking them, taking them higher in the supernatural. So God, we bless what you're doing with these ones right here. If we get the, while, while you're praying for these guys, just what God's doing with them, if you get some of the ministry team to come forward, um, I'm not gonna call you up, but I want you to, uh, to come forward and get prayer at the end. There's a girl here that's been contemplating suicide. I shared those stories. Um, God says you're worth it. I feel like you're, you're in your mid-twenties. This is not normal for you, but it's something that's been in your family. It's been in your family history. God's gonna set you free today. You, no one's gonna know who you are because you're gonna come up at the end when everybody gets prayer, okay? But I just felt like I was supposed to call that out. Um, I'm gonna pray for one more thing, but before I do, if you're in here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you can't say there's been a moment of, I gave my life to God, Maybe that's happened over time, but you know that your life is surrendered to Jesus, but maybe you're here and you, you you're here and you're like, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Jesus surrendered his life so that I could live. Jesus was crucified so that I could live. But maybe you're here and you've never done that. Jesus said, "If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven." What does that mean? If you declare before people that he is the Lord and savior of your life, you're confessed in heaven. Not only will you go to heaven when you die, but you get to have heaven right now. If you're here and that makes sense to you, you've never given your life to Jesus, you know that I'm talking to you. I'm gonna ask you to be bold. Why? Because he was bold when he was naked on the cross hanging for you. Could you just raise your hand? You're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. You're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus and now is your time. You're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. Right now is your time. If you're here, just put your hand up. If you're here, just put your hand up high. You've never given your life to Jesus. Just put your hand up high. You've never given your life to Jesus. Awesome. If you're here and you know that there is dramatic sin in your life, you've drifted from God, maybe you went through a divorce, you went through a hard situation, you went through a broken thing, and you're in a hard place, and you know that you need Jesus. You need his blood to cleanse your conscience. I want you to come up at the end and get prayer and tell the prayer team that that was you. All right, one last thing, and then we're gonna dismiss. If you're here today and you feel like God's called you to missions, specifically whether that means um, you're going to be doing short-term missions overseas, you're going to be taking teams of people, you're going to be leading people, you're going to be going to other countries, you feel called to preach the gospel. Uh, in those types of dimensions. That doesn't mean that's going to be your full-time occupation or where all your money's going to come from, but you know that God's spoken to your heart. I want you to raise your hand and I'm going to lay hands on you. Awesome. Could all those people come to the front? I'm going to dismiss. If you need to go, you can. If you need prayer for anything else, healing related, anything like that, come up to the prayer team. We're going to pray for people. Uh, feel free to hang out. If you have a word for somebody around you, give it to them. If you have encouragement for someone around you, give it to them. You don't have to leave here for a while. We're going to keep hanging out. You guys can get the music up. that will be awesome. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.